We are back with another episode of the Canadian Baseball Network podcast. It is December now. It is cold. It's dark. But spring is on the horizon, Jackson. I'm, I'm holding on to that. And there's going to be a lot of great, you know, spring training battles for the Jays this year, especially on the infield, right? Lots of good infield prospects at the upper end of the Jays minor league system. And we're going to be talking to one of them today. I was going to say, that's an excellent segue there. Um, yeah, our guest today is the Blue Jays number 18 prospect, uh, Damiano Palmagiani. He was a Arizona Fall League All-Star, played for Canada at the World Baseball Classic. We'll get into that. And we're just going to talk about his ascent up the minors um, and and because he's close. He was in AAA this year. Uh, 2024 might not be off the table, depending on where the team goes. So it's going to be a great conversation. We're excited to welcome to the Canadian Baseball Network podcast, Damiano Pomigiani. Damiano, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Good, good. So I, I, I guess I want to start a little bit with an overview. This past year has been pretty crazy for you. Uh, it started with the World Baseball Classic with Canada. Um, ended in the Arizona Fall League. What has it been like? What has this roller coaster been like for you? It's been it's been awesome. It's been kind of it's kind of what you prepare for going into every year. Uh, you know, when you're training in the winter and you're and you're trying to prepare yourself for whatever situations to perform and and all the scenarios. Uh, you want it to be crazy. You know, you want to have these like go here, then go here, then you know you want to be on the go. So I kind of had that as a goal in mind that it would be a long and crazy season. So for it to kind of play out that way uh, with most of it being kind of unpredictable, like uh, I enjoyed every step of it. I, you know, obviously it's a lot in it and it, you know, by the end of the year, you're ready to kick your feet up, but I, I wouldn't have rather had it any other way, you know? So it, it, like I said, it started with the world baseball classic. When did you find out about being named that team? It was that something you were expecting kind of in the weeks leading up to it? No. So, um, I was actually, so I was actually on Italy's, uh, player pool, uh, going into the, uh, world baseball classic, um, with a final roster still being kind of, um, in the works. Um, so I had agreed with, with them on that, uh, fairly early, uh, you know, cause we, we were getting up into those leading months and, and, uh, Canada you know it, it seemed like maybe they had their roster full or something like that and then it wasn't until like maybe like a month and a little bit before the tournament that Greg reached Greg Hamilton reached out um, we had a good talk on the phone uh, and then I had some consideration uh, obviously you know to to go and do Canada uh, obviously already being on the final roster and all that so it was a pretty easy decision to make um, but yeah, I just remember when he when he called me and talked to me about it. I was I was excited because that's you know that's kind of what I wanted to do, being mostly Canadian. Um, but you know, uh, I'm I'm I would have been happy representing whoever, but uh, I'm I'm very glad it was Canada. Well, we probably don't have many Italian listeners, although we love them if they do. But I don't think we have <laughs> probably very many. Um, yeah. So what was the biggest thing you took from that experience? I mean, that's got to be pretty cool. Played the United States, that star-studded lineup. What was the atmosphere like? What was it like being in the dugout? What did you learn um, coming away from that? Uh, I would say, so from a learning standpoint, I'd say like most of what I try to absorb is just like how players, you know, maybe like the 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 more established players, you know, O'Neill, Freeman, uh, Toro, even, even younger guys on the come up, Julian, all that, uh, just absorb how they go about uh, their routines in a high stress environment, like in a must win environment, you know what I mean? Cause it's easy to, it's easy to do things one way and do things super like 
methodically and and in in a professional way when it's spring training and and you know you're, you're not expected to perform now or you know what i'm saying so i wanted to see this raw environment of performance and how they went about it and and if there's anything that i see that maybe they do differently for me that that i can do better or if there's things that they do that i do that reinforce what i do um and i took a little bit of everything you know uh from freddie freeman's attention attention to detail um on every aspect and like tyler o'neill's intensity um i feel like i have a lot of that in in mind so like i said that's like a reinforcing aspect to it that i was just you know i I took I took a lot away from everyone, and I think walking away from it, um, from a mental standpoint and a growth standpoint, I took a lot, even if I didn't really have to play or anything like that. So, looking back on it now, whatever it was, now six, seven months later, how did that help you? That experience help you being around those guys as you went through this season? Uh, just like I said, that 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 reinforcement that I'm doing things in a way that guys at that level do as well. You know what I mean? I'm on that path and on that track that they were on. Um, and it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be, you know, an easy road. Um, so when things get tough, I can look at what the end product looks like of a Freddie Freeman in the cage or a Freddie Freeman on the field and just see how his mind works. Um, because he's, you know, he's always thinking the game, uh, training, practicing in, in a way that you that it's not, he's not satisfied with how he's done. It's just now what can I control to make sure I have full control of this next moment of this next pitch and all that and put himself in the best position to succeed. So I'd say just uh, kind of taking all that in and using it as a kind of like a toolbox, you know, when do I need reinforcement and when do I need a kick in the butt? Like I'm not doing things how, you know, these big guys are doing it and, and how I where I want to be, you know, the the point in their career they're at. So, you know, just always evaluating myself with that toolkit is, is kind of how I went about the season. How hard is it to evaluate yourself in that way when, like you said, sometimes you need a kick in the ass, sometimes you need to realize that you're on the right path, but you're also playing every day. So how, how difficult is that to kind of stay level-headed, but also realize when you need to make adjustments? Uh, I'd say just having – good uh the good people around you uh from a team standpoint i'm not saying fully like your 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 support circle like family friends obviously that's super important but what i'm touching on right now is like the people around you and your team uh your 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 coaches trainers everyone uh having that balance of hey you did this really well you're growing in this like i like the way you're working and telling you that so you can have a very real sense of reinforcement that is actually true. And also you need those people to, to tell you in the right way, like you can get more out of yourself or have that teammate who's like, you know, positive. He's like, yeah, like this sucks. You know, it's game 85 and we're playing in a cold night and wherever, and people aren't really here today and it's double A and, and it's awesome, but it's, you know, it's the grind now. And, we don't have to pretend it's all like, oh, this is the greatest day ever, but we got a job to do and we can have fun doing it with each other and we're all living our dreams. So it's it's a good it's a good mix of, of people telling you you're doing the right thing and then being positive when telling you that you need to clean it up or, you know, like, hey, you're 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 being a little bit of a whiny, you know, you're being you're being a little uh, negative, you know, stuff like that, like. 
you know, you need people who, who you respect to tell you that. And I feel like I had so many guys around me that I had full trust in them saying something to me from the right place uh, rather than just, you know, saying stuff to say it or to look like a, a fake leader or something, which we didn't have any of those. So you've always hit. Um, I, I think a lot of people know that I followed your college career closely because that's what I do. Some people might not have. But what has been the key to this to your success at the plate in professional baseball? And on a side note to that, what was the biggest adjustment coming out of college to professional baseball? Yeah, I'll start with the, the college adjustment. Uh, I would say, you know, I, in college, I, I did a lot of good things mechanically to allow myself to be, you know, adjustable and cover different pitches and whatnot. Uh, but the, the, the large 90% of what I was thinking was just like, I'm going to swing really fast and like be really smooth um, because I could just trust my bat speed and it played of course at the college level. Um, but then you get to pro ball and it can work maybe on some certain pitchers with certain profiles, but like that's only 10% of what you're going to see. So there's guys who have a real good understanding of how to, you know, disrupt your timing or get yourself out. So I would say locking in more on an approach and realizing that I, I can just be out. I can just out discipline the pitcher and be really simple instead of having to be, uh, out at, at like out athlete the pitcher or, or swing faster than other people because I know I have good bat speed you know what I mean I don't have to just sit on those gifts to succeed I do the opposite I sit on these things that are fully controllable and let the stuff I know I can do really well um, just like be support to that to like give myself the best chance of success so I love I love talking to, to hitters and good hitters because I was a pitcher in college but so I want to know a little bit about, you mentioned your approach. What is your, what is your pre at bat routine? What what are you thinking? What are you looking for? Obviously it's going to depend on what pitcher you're facing, but is there a certain routine right. you go through leading up to, to stepping in the box? Yeah. Yeah. I would say this year, um, this year I've always had good routines, good thought processes, but this is the year I really uh, hammered it home and was like, I'm a very uh, like disciplined routine person. And I, feel like I'm always, you know, whether it's a good plan or bad plan, I feel like I always have a plan, you know, and most of the time I'd say it's good. The execution's a different story, but I, most of the time I would say I'm, I'm right. I'm right on where the plan needs to be. But for me, I try. So obviously I, when I'm in the cage before the game, it's all about my swing, uh, enfor enforcing my good habits, uh, you know, doing drills that, that clean up bad habits and whatnot. And then when it comes time to hit in the game, it's uh it's pretty simple it's just uh what what kind of pitcher is it on the mound uh what does this fastball do what's his firmest pitch going to do is it you know is it going to get above my barrel or is it going to get below my barrel um how's it going to profile and then so depending on that i already have now the feel for how i need to pretty much swing at the pitch i'm not going to change my swing i know my swing's not going to change at all but that feel of what i need to do you know, stay on top of it, stay on top of it. You know, some people would say swing like if there's a ball above the ball, if the guy has good ride or if the guy has a two seam, like, you know, see it a little more away and 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 uh, kind of stay inside it, beat it, get it before it runs in on you. If it's going to run in on you, like let it go. Um, so I, that's my main feel. And then I have in the back of my mind what his off speeds are. 
So like I then I just trust that I know where it needs to start. And that's where just all this cage work of adjustability path kicks in. If I'm trying to be dialed on the fastball, he spins a breaking ball and I'm I just trust it. You know, so it's I know what it's doing. I have a feel and I go up to bat. That's it. It's it's I could talk about it for a while, but it's it really is simple if I kind of like explain it. Are you looking for a fun activity to keep your children active this holiday season? Well, swing into the holidays and head to the Baseball Zone for fun and learning at the Baseball Zone's 2023 Snowball Baseball Camp. They offer an unbeatable combination of physical training and a great social atmosphere. With their one-of-a-kind approach, your child will gain confidence, improve their coordination, and build better throwing and hitting mechanics, all in a safe and fun environment. You can pick and choose which days to attend to work around your holiday plans. Space is limited, so sign up early for the 2023 Snowball Baseball Camp at thebaseballzone.ca. Now back to the interview. I've been following baseball now for almost 30 years, and it still blows my mind how hard hitting is. I, like I, yeah. I still don't understand it. And I talk to people, and they all have different approaches to how they – but they a lot of the core principles are the same. But we've spoken on this podcast to a lot of minor leaguers. We've talked to a couple of big leaguers, um, and they all – have this sense of being okay with not okay with failure, but no, really knowing how to handle failure. How, how do you kind of go about that? Obviously as a hitter, if you, they say, if you get a hit three out of 10 times, you're an all-star. How do you go about handling that? Especially at the professional level where there's a lot on the line for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to what you just said, like hitting is hard. Like you, you made a joke about it. Like, Oh, I, it blows my mind, but it really, it really is. And, and you, everyone needs to understand that. Like it's, you know, it's different than, than, for example, like defense, like defense, it's like, all right, you're, you're expected to, you know, 10 out of 10, you know, nine out of 10. And then, uh, but in hitting, it's like, you're not expected to go, you know, hit 10 of 10 pitches in the zone for a base hit. Like, even if you barrel all 10 of them, like it's not even going to guarantee you a hit. So you got to understand that um, as long as you're controlling everything you can control, uh, swinging at good pitches, being on time, thinking the game and being confident. Like if you're doing things the right way and you have these gifts and you've had success before, like things are going to even out. We always say it evens out in the wash, you know, and, and I, I wish I was perfect too at just like being this, like, you know, like Mike Trout, just a machine. Like you can tell whether he is 10 for his last 10 or oh for his last 10. Like I have my moments. I'm not proud of like, I'll get in the dugout, and, you know, go to war with the bat rack every now and then after a line out, you know, stupid stuff, but it never, you can never let your actual confidence uh, take a hit. You know, yeah. you can be frustrated. Like I should have, you know, kicked your ass. Like I'm so much better. I feel than this pitcher or however you want to think it. And you got out and you're upset, but it should be like competitive anger instead of um, down on yourself anger. So, you know, I wish we were all uh, I wish we were all in this Zen like state all the time, but that's not how it is with baseball. But the, the, the best hitters all know how how to use that anger and and how to not let it affect the actual confidence of our abilities. Yeah, I don't even think I'll stay in that Zen like state by the time I walk downstairs after this interview. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you played for the Voxel Jets uh, Academy. Um, shout out to Les McTavish not to jump back to your high school days, but I'm going to, what was that experience like? And cause you, you were, you're from Surrey, correct? Mm -hmm. 
and then you went to Vox. So, so tell me a little bit about how that works, how those academies work out work out there. I'm from Ontario, so it's a little bit different the way it's run here, but explain the, your time there. Yeah. Um, like you said, I'm from Surrey. I uh, grew up in Cloverdale, so I was playing in Cloverdale minor baseball, like uh, all the way up until I was 13. So at that age, when you start going into your PBL teams or, uh, uh, you know, those high school programs, uh, that's where guys start moving into, you know, your Abbey Cardinals, Langley Blaze, White Rock, X, wh- whatever team you want to go to. Um, but right that year before that, uh, I had my head coach in Cloverdale. His son was one of the assistant coaches at Vauxhall. So he had him come out and see me uh, and my best friend, uh, Liam, at the time, too, um, watching us play. And he uh, he basically was in our ear explaining the academy to us, uh, telling us what it is, what's all about. And, and then obviously by the end of that year, they offered us to go uh, play there from the 10th grade to the 12th grade. And uh, yeah, it's a great program. I mean, it's how it works is, uh, you know, the, the team is 22 guys from all over Canada, uh, mostly grade 11, mostly grade 12, couple grade tens. Um, and you basically, use the fall as like what a college fall would be training inter squads, few games against other teams, other academies. Um, and then in the winter it's full blown, you know, you go to school, you get out, you train, and then you repeat rinse and repeat until the spring. And that's when we become kind of like a travel ball team, which is the same as like what an Okotoks Academy does or, or other Academy programs when it comes to the spring. Um, that's the end product. Like that's what you worked all fall and winter for. Now it's time to go out there, win games. That's all that matters. That's still the priority in, in box all. And I'm sure it is in other academies as well, but go out there, kick some ass and maybe get recruited out of there as well and get drafted out of there. Cause while we're doing all this uh, stuff, we're going to have a lot of eyes on us. So that's the end goal. Go out there, have fun, get better at baseball, become a better person, get a scholarship or maybe get drafted. How did moving away at that age maybe prepare you for what you're doing now? Obviously, at the time, you don't necessarily think about it. Uh, but looking back, did, 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 was that a positive experience in that sense and, and kind of benefiting you now as you're pursuing a big league dream? Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was 15. So I moved out, moved away, like how kids do for college at 15. Um, so at the time, I was going with, like I said, my best friend. His name's Liam Volcano. He's playing in uh, – uh ontario kansas right now shout out there's a few there's uh, a few volcanoes that can play baseball yeah yeah there's there's like 10 of them (laughs) and uh so i went i went with him and he was my best friend at the time so it was obviously it was like the best thing ever you know what i mean like we we were all excited about it but then it really we started to really realize like how much we uh how much our parents you know love us and 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 want to stay connected with us and i learned from a young age like not to not to disregard that how much time and effort they're putting into to us um for us to you know get this opportunity so i think that like earlier than maybe some people the kids in the academy we realize uh how to be have gratitude and how to you know really uh you know really be like grateful to to you know our our inner circle so i think now how it's affected me is these long seasons um time away from home it really gets me a little bit because i want to 
give back that time to them. So when I have these opportunities in the off season, um, you know, that's my, my family, my relationships, my friends, you know, they're my priorities uh, because the people that really do, uh you know love you and have stuck out for you like they're always going to be there and you know who the real you know the those real ones in the circle are so it's i think it's also your responsibility it shouldn't be that you want to it's a responsibility to give back to them uh that same effort energy and, and time of course so you you played your high school baseball at an academy in canada you went to play college baseball now you're playing professional baseball it's a path a lot of players in this country hope to take um some will, some won't. What's your advice to, uh, if you could go back and give advice to your high school self or go back to Vauxhall and, and and speak to those kids there, what would you say to them about, you know, the experience? Honestly, like very simple. I would say focus on yourself. You know what I mean? Um, and that doesn't mean be, you know, a selfish dick or anything like that. That means like focus on yourself in the sense where you're going to be working on your game. You're going to try to get recruited you're going to take your steps to get the best version of yourself out. And while you're doing so, there's going to be guys around you, um, you know, getting recruited. There's going to be guys around you getting ranked. Um, and whether you're in a really good spot, uh, you know, ranked high or commit some, the grass is always going to be greener, no matter what. Um, it doesn't really matter who you are at all. Uh, you know, even if, even if you're the top dog in Canada, you're going to go to the, you're going to look and you see all the guys in the U S um, you know, it's the grass is always going to be greener. So don't worry about that. Focus on you because it happens time and time again. And I would encourage kids to really pay attention and, and, and research this, watch all the guys um, in baseball right now, Canadian or not, who develop themselves and put themselves in a position, in a position to succeed uh, after high school, in college, it, at mid-majors or lower. Um, and, you know, I, I never, uh, you know, I'm not a big negativity guy, but it doesn't uh, always play out, too, for a lot of guys who 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 did have these really good opportunities. So I'm just saying, like, I would just tell them that nothing is an end product, especially in high school. You know, keep and focus on yourself. Don't let anything affect your confidence because it happens over and over again, these guys develop and, and they become, you know, what they are today um, after high school. And maybe when people didn't expect they were. That's some really good advice. I, um, I'm i curious, the BC kid gets a chance to play for the Vancouver Canadians. Tell us a little bit about that experience, what that must have meant to you. That was everything to me. That was, um, yeah, that that's one of those moments in my career that, uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful for everything, but to have that in my memory uh, for myself, for my parents, my friends, um, it's something that I, I'm never going to forget. I'm super grateful for it. I did grow up going to those games with my dad, uh, my well, my whole family, but I I uh, I ran on the field with some of the players, like the kids did with me. Um, I was that, you know, I was one of those kids who was at Nat Bailey, thinking I was at a major league baseball game. Um, and I know how much it means to them and, and to the families and, and everything. So to be in that position now where I can give them that experience, it's, it's, it's extremely humbling and it's extremely, uh, I wanted to make the most of it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, there's a lot of dream come true moments in someone's career, but that was one of those moments where, you know, I really did have to take a step back, let myself 
you know, appreciate it. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for that moment in my life. I'm never going to forget it. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad we're jumping around here. Cause I'm going to jump around again. You mentioned about how important winning was at Vauxhall, especially in the spring. So we had Tyler Black, uh, one of the top prospects for the Milwaukee Brewers on not long ago. And he spoke about how in the Brewers, Brewers organization, winning is very important, even in the minor leagues. Talk a little bit about, is that the similar mindset in the Jays organization? And how do they go about kind of fostering that winning mentality while still focusing on development? Absolutely. Um, and he he hit it right on the nose because um, I played with some Brewers guys uh, in the fall league right now. And, and you know, they're they're all gamers, you know. So but from the Jays standpoint, it's the exact same thing. Um, we take a, a lot of pride in in our minor league success. And I think uh, I think there, there's a few ways to go about it. But the two that stick out to me that I hear a lot and I tell guys a lot um, is like, you look at these guys uh, impacting that big league roster um, right now, um, and maybe not even not maybe not the uh, all stars on the team. You know, just guys who are there uh, being that supporting cast. There, they were all on winning teams in their minor league career. You know how how do you expect to how do you expect to contribute and and not be on a winning team if everyone's contributing? That team's winning. Um, and then number two, it's you look at this playoff baseball. Uh, playoff baseball on TV, you look at it and you see um, you see the who the gamers are. You see guys who have been there before or know how to use that to their advantage. Um, and our player development staff talks about that a lot. So it's, you know, you want to be in a position where you understand how to handle this, these situations, these, these stressful pitches. Um, so, you know, we're super proud of that, uh, of trying to win our, our whole staff, managers, everyone, they take a lot of pride in that pushes to play the game the right way to win games above everything else. Cause winning baseball is fun. And you see the Vancouver Canadians this year, they, 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 they won it all. They were one of the best teams in minor league baseball. And I'm sure all of them are going to never, ever forget that. Winning may not cure all, but it cures a lot. Um, yep. Playing well, or, you know, personally or not, you know, winning's always fun. Like you said. So I'm going to ask you another question to ask Tyler Black. Uh, you're so close to the big leagues, obviously made double A, had a great year in double A, made it to triple A. Do you feel like you're ready to make that jump? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, and it's not me saying just, oh, yeah, I can do it. It's like I think what's most important for every player is to understand how they individually can contribute a team. And I know how I can contribute into any team I'm thrown into. Um, so I just want to, you know, chip in in the best way I know how to do. Um, and I think that's what's important. You know, like, again, it, it, and I, I'm saying this about any team. It doesn't have to be the big leagues, uh, AAA, double any team that, you know, puts a uniform on me. I know how to control what I can control to give myself the best chance to contribute, to help the team win. So, you know, whatever the opportunity is, um, you know, that's just what all you can ask of yourself is help the team win. So, you know, I know I can control what I can control and put myself in a good position and, and you know, and help a team win. So whatever, wherever that may be. Just so you know, Tyler Black also said he thinks he's ready. So hopefully that is the he's case. He's ready. Oh, I'll um, tell you, he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> so You don't have you, to tell you, I can tell you. Do you give yourself any time to think about that? Or is that, you know, making that jump and that potential, you know, that opportunity that's right there uh, for you? Or are you more focused on the day-to-day? No, yeah. I mean, you you can 
think in your head on like, oh, I want, you know, I, I really hope, uh, you know, these things happen in the right way and whatnot. But those are, you can allow yourself to think that way. But the real thoughts that go on in my head 90% of the time are just what I'm doing right now to, to make myself the best player that I can be like today. I was in my training facility and hitting and, and, and lifting and all, all that's going through my head is how, why I'm doing these things. Like what low hanging fruit am I attacking to go into next year being better than I was this year and better than I was the year before. So it's, it's all, if you can't look too far ahead ever, you gotta, I say a lot, you, you know, if you, if you spend too much time looking back, you know, whether happy or in regret, and you spend too much time in the future anxiously or excitedly, like you miss what your right now is. And and that's where like your right now is where real memories are made and real growth is made. So that's, that's where I like to be. And that's where I like to exist in. Well, let's keep looking ahead then, because you've had a long season, uh, February, probably before that, I don't know when you got down to spring training and then it didn't end until a few weeks ago in the Arizona fall league. What does your off season look like as far as your preparation for spring training? Uh, mental recovery is, is massive. And I'm not saying that in the sense that, oh, the season, you know, breaks you mentally. It doesn't, it's awesome, but it's, it is uh taxing, you know, a lot of, you know, stressful pitches over and over again, they pile up. Um, so that time to mentally refresh, get off a schedule, um, you know, give time back to, to people and give my time to something other than being a good baseball player, you know, being there for my girlfriend, my family, my, you know, helping around around the house, whatever it needs to be. But uh, having that time to, to, to really reset and, and do things that you just feel like doing or do things that just help you uh, refresh mentally, because you, you got to go into the season with your mind ready to go. You can't go into the season with your mind still recovering. Like I'm going through this off season you know, happy as can be, carefree, uh, you know, working my, my ass off. But, like, at the same time, um, you know, just going with it, going with the flow, being happy. And then once we get to this time around now, going into December, uh, January, February, then we kick it into gear. And, you know, I'm attacking all my, like I said, low-hanging fruit, uh, all my evaluations with my, you know, body and my hitting and all that to, to really see uh, – you know, how much, what percentages more I can get out of my body and, you know, swing and whatnot. So, you know, just, I have a lot of fun through that. I, that's, this is one of my favorite times of the year is when like some people call it getting in the lab and just attacking without, you know, without the actual stress of having to go and do it, you know, you can just attack and trust and build all that trust so you can let it out in the season. So going into spring training, when you arrive in Florida in February, January, whenever the case may be, what are your expectations? Do you have any goals that you set for yourself yet? Or is that something that you kind of just let play out as it as it happens? Yeah, my uh, my main goal is, you know, every I know what I'm attacking in the offseason and going out in season and watching it or feeling it actually come to come to be you know i know what i'm trying to get out of my swing uh and then i'm what i'm i'm excited for that those reps in spring training to just happen uh i know what i'm trying to get out of my body i'm excited in spring training to watch it or i guess feel it uh feel myself you know get into these positions that i've been working on and and be 
quick is how I've been working on it. So I'm just excited to, to let it all out, you know? So that's, that's my goal. Just let it all out and, and feel myself be that, that best version of myself. Damiano, this was a ton of fun, great insight. And uh, yeah, we can't thank you enough for taking the time today. Thank you. No, I was uh, happy to come on and talk to you guys. Jackson, there's a common theme among these players that we've been interviewing, you know, Matt Brash, uh, Adam Meyer, Tyler Black, that that confidence that they they just give off. It's you can tell it's not forced. It's it's legitimately how they go about their business. Yeah, he uh he was a real treat to talk to today. He talks about the work he puts in in the in the offseason and just how dedicated he is to it. And one thing that that stuck out to me, Matt, in addition to what you talked about with that confidence and and how consistent that is across all of our interviewees, he, he talked about how like in the offseason, being able to go to the gym and just put in the work, he called it attack and, you know, not necessarily uh, worrying about how he does at the plate that night, because, you know, it's about building up that he called it trust. And, and I would also maybe add the word confidence in there, too. Right. I think that that was really interesting and is something that can be applied maybe to more than just baseball. And anyone that's played a sport or done anything competitive knows how how easy it is to beat yourself up, let alone if you're doing it every day and it's your job and you're trying to reach your dream. But yeah, his ability to just separate the process from the result um, is the big message that I take from this. And I, and I hope any young players listening really paid attention to that because that can be very difficult, especially at a younger age when you're not, you know, when you're maturing and, and figuring yourself out um, both as a person as a, and as a player, it can be difficult, but you're, you just listen to a guy who, who has the right mindset. Is he perfect? Like he said, no, he's had his fair share of days with the bat rack. Um, like a lot of players have, but, but he really has that mindset where he can, like I said, he can separate his process getting to the plate and what happens after he swings the bat, which I thought was really unique. That's it. And, and, you know, that process versus results, like I'm a big process guy, like th that can extend beyond baseball. You know, you think about just being a young professional, you know, you, being a young writer or, or a young podcaster, right? <laughs> you, you go through the process and then you get your results and you also have to find a way to separate that exciting prospect to keep an eye on for sure. And how we just took that experience with Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic, didn't play a lot, but yeah. he knew that was that was a huge opportunity for him. Obviously, happy that he picked Canada over Italy, as we yeah. mentioned. <laughs> um, shout out to all our Italian listeners. Uh, but we're happy that uh, Damiano picked Canada, just uh, just for the record. Uh, but how he took that experience, being around yeah. Freddie Freeman, being around Tyler O'Neill, seeing how they go about their work, and integrating what he thought would work for him into his own routine. Um, just so cool to see a guy get that experience and then be able to talk about it and then use it and have the great season that he had. And when we had Ernie Witt on prior to the tournament, he talked a lot about that and how he wanted the younger generation, the younger players coming up to really learn from the established vets. And, you know, it's easy to talk about that in theory, right, prior to, but when the games get really competitive, you know, would that really be the case? Clearly it was for Damiano. He took a lot from it and really benefit from it. He mentioned Freddie Freeman a couple of times, Tyler O'Neill as well. Um, yeah, like just an awesome experience. And it's hard to find much of a downside from go to a tournament like that, even if you don't get into it a lot, as you mentioned. And we've had the the fortunate opportunity to speak to guys like Mitch Bratt, Matt Brash, Tyler Black, now Damiano Palmigiani. Um, the future of the game in this country is bright, not only from an on-field perspective, but the character of some of these guys is tremendous. 
Um, all of them is tremendous. And I'm really excited to watch the, the next generation of Canadian talent uh, take over, so to speak. Yeah, there's so much of it. And, uh, you know, you look toward already look towards the next World Baseball Classic. But yeah, like we, you know, we were talking about Edward Julian in the playoffs as well. Like it feels like way more often than not, there's a, now a Canadian baseball player in the mix of conversations around the game. And that's really, really exciting. Yeah, and we're here to talk about them all. Um, and we appreciate We hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. I certainly enjoyed it tremendously. Um, and until next time, our next exciting guest, uh, take care. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out Canadian Baseball Network for extensive and comprehensive coverage of the latest in Canadian baseball. And The Baseball Zone, Canada's leading instructional baseball academy and training home to thousands of MLB, pro, college, and youth baseball players.